Welcome back to my podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me 15 minutes and I will give you a high vibe world. There was so much buzz and positive feedback from my last podcast that I have decided to do another astrological themed podcast today. And as promised, today I will do my best to explain to you guys the meaning of the placements, you know, meaning the houses, the planets, and the signs. In astrology, the planets represent the what, as in the type of energy expressed, and the zodiac signs represent the how, as in how the energy is expressed, and the houses of the zodiac represent the where, as in the areas of life that that energy will play out. So you need to think about the planets not as, you know, just inanimate objects in the sky, but rather as archetypal energy. Think of them as actors on a stage where the play just happens to be your life. Think of, you know, your neighborhood, your family, your friends, how they treat each other, what they're saying, who speaks to who and how and who gets on what and who doesn't. Thinking like this will help your astrology, you know, or your astrological chart just come to life, you know, and each planet and each zodiac sign has its own mythology, you know, because this is all based on kind of that whole um, mythology of, of what those symbols are. So when you're thinking of astrology, it's helpful to think of astrology as you think of nature and of the cycles of nature. And you need to imagine the planets, how they look. They have to, you have to consider the mythology behind the planetary names. And you have to think, uh, you know, like the goddesses, like Venus and stuff. And then you have to think of mythologies attached to the zodiac energies themselves. Basically, just always try to think of astrology visually because that's very important. So let's first talk about the planets. Or the what, in the sense of what type of energy is expressed. The sun. The sun is your will, your vitality. It's where you shine. It's your yang energy. Um, And it's really important to know that in astrology, there's a distinction between that, you know, the the stars. uh, Sometimes they call the sun the star sign. But it's really, the correct terminology is really the sun sign. Because it refers to the constellation where your sun happens to be in at the time of of your birth. Like when you were born. As opposed to the placements of the other planets. Okay, so that's very important. The moon are your feelings, how you react where you retreat to when you want to feel safe and secure. So it's your yin energy. Mercury is your thinking. It's how you listen and how you learn. Venus are your values, your possessions, the relating process, what you want and how you attract it. You know, it's how you relate to people. Um, Mars is your basic instincts. You know, it's your wild side. It's your animal side. It's your action, it's your drive, it's, it's how you get what you want. It's also like where your sexual energy tends to be because that's really basic and animalistic. Then Jupiter is the planet of abundance, of expansion, and of growth, which is really good because whatever you have in Jupiter usually is exalted there, it expands. And then opposite to that is Saturn, which is the planet of fear, of restriction, of discipline, of structure, of reality 
whatever you have there tends to be repressed, you know? So hopefully you're already connecting the the dots here, the importance of knowing your charts to know aspects of your life that you may not understand, but knowing this would really help you understand yourself better. But anyway, then you have Uranus, which is the planet of freedom, of sudden change, of upheaval, of unusual and eccentric matters. So the quirky part of you will be very much explained by whatever you plan, whatever birth sign and planet or, or, or house you have Uranus in. Neptune is a planet of fantasy, imagination, creativity. It's the planet of escape, of confusion, and of addictions. And Pluto is the planet of transformation, of power, of change, and of regeneration. It's really the planet of destruction, but nobody likes to use that word. And it, we, we know that Pluto is not a planet. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter right now. Of these, and also you have your your um, rising sign, which is your ascendant. Your ascendant is your personality. It's the mask that you wear, okay? It's how you appear to the world, and it's also how you approach the world. It's what you how you want to be perceived, it's your filter. <laughs> and uh, of these, the most important to understand in astrology are your sun, your moon, and your ascendant, which is your rising sign. Um, for example, if you were born at midday, the constellation of your sun sign would be right, right up, high up in the sky, right in the middle of the sky. But at precisely this time, there would also be a constellation that was rising to, your, to the east, right? Taking its first breath, so to speak, just as you were. That's your ascendant. That's your rising sign. And the only time that your rising sign and your sun sign would be the same is if you were born close to sunrise. There is much importance in astrology placed on your ascendant because um, the ruler of the sign is also the ruler of your entire chart. So in my case, my ascendant is in Libra. Libra is Venus. Venus is the ruler of my, of my birth chart. And you are made up of these energies you know, of all of these zodiac signs, you know, there's no escaping the signs that you don't like. But at the very least, you have to be aware of this trilogy of your sun, your moon, and your rising sign, because these uh, make you you for the most part. Like that, that's the highlight reel of you. In my chart, I'm a Scorpio sun, Libra moon, and Libra rising or Libra ascendant, right? So that says a lot about me. <laughs> Anybody who knows me personally and who also knows astrology knows that this is like incredibly accurate. So now let's talk about the signs themselves. No, the how of the zodiac. First, you have Aries. Uh, and these can vary, these dates, these ranges. Depends, you know, there's different interpretations. But typically, Aries are people born between March 21st and April 20th. They are cardinal fire signs ruled by Mars. They, uh, and, and, and rules the, Aries also rules the first house. They are impulsive, initiative, courageous. Now, this is an energy of energy, basically, of activity, of willpower. They often rush headlong into things. Then you have Taurus from April 21st to May 20th. Fixed earth signs ruled by Venus, rulers of the second house sensual, pleasure seekers, steadfast focus. They can be stubborn. They strive for security. They see red when provoked for a long time, but they have ample patience. So they also are very into the finer things in life, like food, fine dining. They are more into Netflix and chill than like going out to party. Then you have Gemini, May 21st to June 20th. They're mutable air signs ruled by Mercury, rulers of the third house. 
They are witty, communicative, always on the go. They take a lot of pleasure in learning. They love to learn new things. Um, they always have like 20 questions and they rarely like to stop. They can get easily bored and they are known for having multiple personalities and for changing their minds about how they feel or what they want and how they see the world constantly. They literally are like twins. There's like two people inside of them. <laughs> But that sometimes is true about all of us. Then there's Cancer from June 21st to July 20th. Cardinal water signs ruled by the moon. Rulers of the fourth house. Emotional, nurturing. Think of like motherly energy. They seek safety and closeness. They are family people. Usually Cancer people want families. They tend to withdraw when they're feeling threatened. Leos from July 21st to August 20th are fixed fire signs ruled by the sun, rulers of the fifth house. Glamorous, generous, proud and loyal, dramatic, confident. They're organizers. They love the spotlight. They love to be center stage. King of the jungle, right? <laughs> Then it's Virgo, August 21st to September 20th. Mutable earth signs ruled by Mercury, rulers of the sixth house. Very precise and analytical. They... You know, do what's necessary. They're very practical. They can be a little bit critical. Um, and uh, they are like the OCD people of the zodiac sign. Then comes Libra from September 21st to October 20th. Cardinal water sign ruled by Venus. Rulers of the seventh house have a huge sense of beauty and proportion. Tactful. They seek balance and harmony. They can have difficulty making a decision, though. They're the most indecisive sign. And they, they really are known as the beautiful people of the Zodiac. They really are into aesthetics and aesthetically pleasing things. They're also huge people pleasers. They, they're usually on the fence about things and they don't like to take sides. They're the diplomats. Then Scorpio, October 21st to November 20th. They are mysterious. Fixed water signs ruled by Pluto, rulers of the 8th house. Passionate piercing, extreme, you know, usually my mom used to call me the eight or 80 girl, no gray area, no in between, transformative, just um, the detectives of the Zodiac. They are very sultry, very penetrating, very seductive. Sagittarius from November 21st to December 20th. <coughs> Sorry. They are mutable fire signs ruled by Jupiter, rulers of the ninth house. Free spirit, carefree, love of movement, cheerful. They like to see the big picture, but they have to be careful not to wander off. Sagittariuses are known for being commitment phobes. They're the least likely to get married or have children of the Zodiac. It's really hard, hard to tie down a Sagittarius, but they are a lot of fun. Capricorns, December 21st to January 20th, are cardinal earth signs ruled by Saturn, rulers of the 10th house. They are enduring. They have a sense of purpose. They are proud. They are ambitious. They are very straightforward. You know, they can be blunt like a prickly pear. They can get stuck in craggy heights of perfectionism. They're huge worker bees. They are definitely the most likely to be successful uh, career-wise of the Zodiac. Aquarius, from January 21st to February 20th, are fixed air signs ruled by Uranus, Rulers of the 11th house, they're friendly, humanitarian, progressive, unconventional. They can seem emotionally detached. A lot of people think that Aquarius people have no feelings, but they do. They just hide them really well. And they are very, uh, you know, 
they like to be different and they don't like to be told what to do. They're very independent thinkers. Um, and they, they tend to easily detach for real. Like they're the types of people that if you are in a relationship with an Aquarius and you think that you're going to like give them an ultimatum or leave them and think that, you know, that they're going to miss you. Well, they're not. <laughs> um, Pisces, February 21st to March 20th. They are mutable water signs ruled by Neptune, rulers of the 12th house. They're sensitive, compassionate, helpful, sociable, very adaptable. They're the dreamers. They're also the most intuitive sign of the zodiac. But um, they can go up like a balloon, live in their own head, the most distracted, most likely to have ADD. Um, which is weird because Scott, my husband, is a Pisces and he does not have any ADD. In, in fact, I have ADHD and it's it's really funny. But my dad is also a Pisces and he definitely is always in like La La Land. Um, he's very focused on his work and stuff. But like, you know, there's so many times that he you think he's listening, but he really isn't. And then the houses, the where of the Zodiac. There are 12 houses uh, in, of the Zodiac in astrology, and each house represents a particular area of human life, okay? And each house is also associated with the Zodiac sign that it's, um, you know, that was there when, you know, in your birth chart when you were born, and its corresponding planet. So it's a lot of, a lot of information comes from the house. So the first house is the house where the ascendant lives, but it's also the house that's ruled by Aries and by Mars, and it means it's the house of the of individuality. It's in it's it's of your personality. Together with the sun and the moon, the ascendant is one of the most important single factors in a horoscope. The sign at the beginning of the first house tells us a lot about someone's personality, temperament, and constitution. And it usually is our immediate instinctive reaction to things. It's that's how we are usually going to react, and it shows how present. Um, uh, how we present ourselves to the world and how present we are, like how we become present in that situation. It's the planet that's ruling and, and the planet that's ruling that sign is of particular importance for the interpretation of this house because that planet becomes ruler of your chart. And the second house is the house that also is ruled by Taurus and by Venus. It's the house of values and possessions. Uh, it's your house of money. The second house and its occupants tell us about the material circumstances, the acquisitive urge, and how to deal with possessions. It's, um, you know, since it's the house of values, it also includes how we value ourselves. So issues of self-worth are raised in this house. The third house is the house um, ruled by Gemini and Mercury, and therefore it's the house of communication. So... Um, the third house and any planets occupying it tells us about, um, our siblings, the manner in which we communicate on an everyday level, how we learn at school, um, uh, and the relationships that we make within the community that we live in. The fourth house is the ruled by cancer and the moon is the house of roots and origins. And this house describes our origins, you know, the parental home and the circumstances influencing childhood and youth. It describes how we relate to family, our attitude towards, you know, hearth and home and the father image and the relationship to the real father. Um, all of that is found here. The fifth house is ruled by Leo and the sun. 
and it's the house of pleasure and creativity. This is the house of creative self-expression, whether it be in arts or the kitchen or the garage or the bedroom (laughs) or the boardroom or by the act of having children. This house is concerned about a parent's feelings towards his or her children. It's also the house of playfulness and love affairs as opposed to committed love, which would be on the seventh house. Um, So that's what you would find, like depending on what birth sign is there, what sign is there and what um, planet you have there. (laughs) That will tell you a lot about you in those circumstances. Sixth house is the house um, of work and routine. So it's ruled by Virgo and Mercury. This house shows how you handle everyday work and routine. So it indicates how disciplined you are when you're faced with routine, whether you are a slave to it or a victim of disorganization. And this house is also related to issues of health and of diet. So if you're trying to lose weight, this is a house that you should look into to see what planet is, is there, if, the, if any, and what sign is there, if any. The seventh house, Libra, Venus, right? Those are the two that are in the seventh house, is the house of relating. It's um, the descendant sign and the planets occupying the seventh house. They, they tell us about how we select our partners and it describes the partnerships and relationships that we seek in life. And often we are involuntarily attracted to people whose horoscopes carry a strong emphasis of the sign that is in our seventh house. So if you're like constantly caught in this really bad type relationships where you have a type and it's not a good type, you can look at your seventh house and figure out why. Maybe you can do some shadow work to resolve that. Um, The eighth house ruled by Scorpio and Pluto is the house of loss and common property. So the eighth house shows how we relate to communal goods and how we deal with material loss. Traditional astrology maintains that this house has an affinity with death and all things metaphysical. But um, I prefer to think of this as having a fascination with death, right? And all things dark. Amongst other things, the study of metaphysics can be a very differentiated way of dealing with loss, which is inevitable for all of us. Then the ninth house is the house that's ruled by Sagittarius and Jupiter, the house of philosophies and far countries. The ninth house describes our spiritual learning, life philosophy, and our worldview. In fact, these are often influenced by the journeys to foreign countries, and the attitudes cultivated and formed in this house can greatly influence the matters of the tenth house, which is coming up next. But basically, like the ninth house is the house of travel and discovery. The tenth house is also your um, midhaven. It's ruled by Capricorn. Um, and Saturn and it's the house of occupation and calling so this is like really the house that you look to to see how you can be happy in life like especially professionally this house is of particular importance because it doesn't just affect our choice of profession but also our sense of calling right and it also has a bearing on our general development you know of what we become This continues throughout our lives. And according to tradition, as well as to more recent experience, this house describes the mother image and the relationship to our real mother. The 11th house, which is ruled by Aquarius and Uranus, is a house of friends and acquaintances. And it describes how we relate to friends, 
benefactors and teachers and just people, you know, who wish as well or from we can from whom you can learn. It also shows um, us in these roles. So this house shows how we relate to society, you know, to the to the environment that we live in. And it's also the house of goals and aspirations. And finally, the 12th house, which is ruled by Pisces and Neptune, is beyond the beyond the personal. So this is where we step back for a greater role role or lose yourself in one. So this is the house of escapism, of seclusion and isolation. It's the house of mystery um, and the unconscious mind. Um, the notion of sacrifice is very strongly present in this house, but it's the kind of sacrifice that leads to strengthening of character. So this is really the house of transformative energy. That's the house of inner work, of shadow work, of also your desires to learn more about like, you know, astrology, for example. So let's take, for example, someone who has a Venus in Virgo in the fourth house. So what is, so what is Venus? Venus is the planet of love, aesthetics, relationships, and beauty. And how are these Venus qualities of love, aesthetics, relationships, and beauty expressed through the energy of Virgo, which is sensible, practical, and very service-oriented? And, you know, you have to think of like college professors, for example. They are reserved and humble and modest in romantic relationships. And where is this energy most optimally expressed? Through the energy of the fourth house. And the fourth house is the house of home and family and close friends. So what could this placement mean? It means that this person, you know, beautifies their home in a practical and sensible way. You know, the energy of Virgo. Because Venus, is when it's expressed through the fourth house, is not showy, it's understated. So their home decor, for example, like their preference could be understated elegance. And not only that, but it also means that this person feels that their best... Um, way to be you know like they feel at their best when they're expressing their love um at home with family with, with really close friends so they're not really like a big lover of pda so imagine you know this person's exact time of birth and place of birth and stuff like down to the hour and minute you would be able to know how to relate to this person you would know that this person does not like pda for instance and that can save you from putting yourself in a situation where you're disliked by this person right i think salespeople should actually get into astrology and know more about everything about these people so there's a lot more to astrology and we already like way beyond the 15 minute mark. This is, I just did this twice because I could get lost talking about astrology. And um, if this is a topic that interests you guys, maybe I should do something totally separate on this because I think I could just probably talk about astrology for the rest of the year, um, if not for the rest of my life. But um, there's also the aspects of astrology, you know, how the planets talk to each other, how they relate to each other. There's conjunctions and oppositions and shrines and squares and sextiles. And um, you have to take into account these things. So as you can see, astrology is like much more than just your sun sign, you know, that the sign that the daily horoscope is based on. Real astrology takes into account the ebb and flow of energy across the universe. And they do that according to the regulation of the planets, the sun and the moon and anything else that's floating in space that causes a ripple in energy flow. So real astrology, like real physical science, studies the interaction between matter and energy. And I will go on into this, you know, as little or as much as you guys would like. But, you know, 
astrology is a powerful tool to understand yourself better, to understand someone else better, and how to interact with that person in a more productive way. It can help determine how you're most easily fulfilled in life, both in love and career. And I mean, it's really a map to you and to your life and to your destiny. And it's no wonder that so many mega rich people have personal astrologists and use astrology to dictate major life decisions. I know it sounds silly, you know, um, but it does appear to be working for them. You know, maybe you're thinking like, how could it possibly be the case? How is this a science? How could the position that some planet was in the sky at the time of my birth impact my entire life? Dude, I don't know. I don't know how, but I can tell you that the moon definitely affects the tides. How it does, I don't know. So maybe you have to go out there and find out your birth chart and make all of this information work for you. And that is all we have for today. Thank you for being with me and for listening to me and for being part of my journey. I am Camilla, your High Vibe Advocate. Looking forward to your outreach at HighVibeAdvocate.com and your follow on Instagram at HighVibeAdvocate. And as always, looking forward to our next meeting right here on my channel. See you next Wednesday. Yeah.